0: College Volleyball Weekly, The Beach Report, with Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford, Matt Fitzpatrick of Florida State, and Rob on the line. Now, here are your host with The Weekly Report. Hey, uh, good day, everyone. It's uh, College Volleyball Weekly, Beach Edition. And uh, with me are Charlie Ekstrom of the Stanford Cardinal and Matt Fitzpatrick of the Florida State Seminoles. And it's a very, very intense, exciting, and just bomb week, because this weekend is the NCA Collegiate Beach National Championships at Gulf Shores, Alabama, which is where both of my uh, contributors are, thank goodness, because mm-hmm. if one of you weren't, I'd feel really bad. So, yeah. <laughs> um, ladies, thanks for joining me. I know it's late uh, central time for you, but, you know, this is a big weekend, and uh I, uh, before we jump into everything, uh, Collegiate Beach Championship, uh, let's talk about some of the stuff that that's happened uh, in these last few days. And I wanted to uh, jump into the ABCA Top Flights award, and I know that that some of you are very familiar with some of those faces, played against them, know them as friends, played during juniors and clubs. So um, I wanted to jump into that particular topic this week, and um, with that. Let's. I wanted to start with the number five pairs. The top three that were listed: Audrey Norse and Nicole Norse of USC, 25 and three record. You may know this person here: Jenna Johnson and Kate Privet of Florida State with a 24 and five record. Morgan Greer and Carly Schneider of South Carolina, all 23 and five. Riley Powers and Jaden Whitmarsh of UCLA, 23 and four. So, uh, thoughts on that? The top flights and the five pairs. So we'll start with you, Matts
1: yeah uh, all of those teams you named four are all super impressive and been super consistent for their teams and these are really good schools and it shows because they have really a lot of depth in their lineup like these five pairs could easily play at higher seeds so yeah all these five pairs are super strong
0: all right charlie chime in
2: yeah i absolutely could not agree more i think all four of these pairs um I've gotten to know well, and with the exception of Morgan and Carly, I haven't gotten to see them much this season, but I've heard that they've been really just a staple at putting up wins for that South Carolina team, which is so nice. And all of these five spares have really kind of been staples and just really, really sturdy, solid wins um, that these teams can rely on. And as we saw Rob and I at the PAC 12 championship this past weekend, it actually came down to that fives court of Audrey and Nicole Norris and Riley powers and Jaden Whitmarsh, like, these are five pairs that are making massive impacts and doing really incredible things this season.
0: Yeah. You know, the only thing they'll add about the five pairs is they not only did uh, Riley Powers and Jaden Whitmarsh beat the Norse twins who were the longest undefeated team, except for Nuss and Cloth in the nation this year, not once, but twice. So, uh, which is the first match that bumped SC down into the uh, contenders bracket. And then they beat them again for the championship match. So, Um, I'll tell you from that, Jade Whitmarsh just became superwoman because it seemed like she could do no wrong in any of her uh, matches at that. Uh, And then also just seeing uh, Jenna Johnson and Kate Privet when they came out to UCLA or came to LA for that Easter weekend, um, legitimate pair, uh, no doubt. And, uh, you know, just such a a good, talented pair. So um, Mm -hmm. with that, let's jump to the number fours. Uh, Joy Dennis, Delaney Maple of USC, 24 and 3. Megan Murray, Jacqueline Quaid of UCLA, 19 and 3. And here's our team, the uh, sneaker team, Alanis Navis and Paula Hoffman, Grand Canyon, 18 and 0. Um, wow. Skylar German and Alice Patisi of Long Beach State, 15 and 3. Thoughts on the uh, number fours flight? We'll start with Charlie this time.
2: Yeah, so I think we, we've been talking a lot about Alanis and Paula. Um, And they honestly, I mean, they're one of the very few undefeated pairs at a flight that there is. Um, They ended up moving up to the threes, I believe, for GCU, and they were still putting up wins there. So this is just another example of how really, 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 really talented teams at every single flight can make differences at different flights as well. Um, I mean, all four of these teams I've seen in person and gotten the opportunity to watch and kind of scout and they're all four forces to be reckoned with, like really, really solid teams that put up really, really solid wins for these courts again. Yep.
0: Mads.
1: Agreed. Uh all of these teams are staples for their schools. I uh, I got to play the USC fours, UCLA fours, and Grand Canyons fours. And all three of those teams are just powerhouses, super consistent together. Um, and they all like work really well with each other.
0: Yep. You know, the only thing I'll add is that Joy Dennis and Delaney Maple made all-tournament team this last weekend at the Pac-12 championships. But, you know, it's you always have to wonder, you know, what Coach Dane Blanton was doing because he broke up the magic pair of Megan Craft and Delaney Maple. Like, oh, what's he thinking? But, you know, obviously (laughs) he knows what he's doing because he paired uh, Delaney up, a true freshman, with a very talented jumper and blocker in Joy Dennis and the results show. So uh, great uh, flights uh, at the number four pair. Let's go to the number three. So the top four listed there. Um, Maria Gonzalez and Rochelle Scott of TCU 23 and 7. Maddie Anderson and Sarah Putt at Florida State 22 and 3. Ashlyn Rasnick-Pope and Tony Rodriguez of LSU. Then Jesse Pritchard and Savannah Slattery of LMU in the number four spot. Let's go to uh, Mads on this one. Thoughts on the number three uh, flight.
1: Yeah, all super strong teams. I know LSU was sad to not have uh, Tony Rodriguez there for the CCSA conference uh, tournament play. So Ashland had a new partner for that tournament. So I know that LSU is definitely looking forward to getting Tony back and getting that pair back together. Uh, that TCU three pair is super strong. I've watched them play. Um, R three is a bunch. And then of course, Maddie Anderson and Sarah Putt were just electric and really came home with big wins for us.
0: Charlie?
2: Yeah, again, um, going back to that, those LSU and FSU pairs, I remember when we were watching the early duels of LSU versus FSU in the beginning of the season, it actually came down to the threes and that super dark, like absolutely crazy last third set that we were talking about with Mads earlier in the podcast. Um, And so looking at both of those, I'm like, okay, well, those are clearly well-deserved and well-earned as those teams are two absolutely gritty, super, super aggressive, super, super talented and well-rounded teams. Um, I actually got the opportunity to see Jesse and Savannah play when we played against LMU. And they're also a really, really consistent team. Like they just don't quit. And that was something that I really, really admired about them as a pair. And I've heard, I haven't gotten the chance to see any of TCU's pair, TCU pairs play, Um, but I've heard incredible things about this threes pair that they're putting up a lot of solid wins there.
0: Yep. So uh, I'll have to say, you know, I I enjoyed watching Maddie Anderson and Sarah putt play, which by the way, Sarah putt is on the sandcast podcast this week with Travis, and was on there for a good 50 minutes. So, uh, you know, I, I listened to about 10 minutes today, be sure to stop by the sandcast podcast. We're not competitors. We're all friends. Lovecraft and his book. You got to get it, Beach Kings, if you haven't got it yet. Um, but you know, Sarah Putt is a solid, solid athlete, and she has got a whip of an arm. And I can tell you, she is one of the most entertaining players I've seen this year play this year. But um, I wanted to jump over to Jesse Pritchard and Savannah Slattery. Savannah Slattery is another bomber. She is one of the most aggressive players I've seen, and you wouldn't know it if you saw her. If you judge a book by its cover, because. And she is a fiery athlete on the court, uh, and she was on fire. Uh, all the times I've seen her in UCLA and USC, uh, Jesse Pritchard's solid jumper and defender behind her. So that definitely is a great choice. But those are the two that really stuck out in my, my mind. Um, Ashton rancic Pope and, and Tony uh, Rodriguez, I didn't realize that Tony was out of the CCSAs because you know that was another strong team I got to uh, do play-by-play for in one of the duels. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a big piece to be missing. In a, an oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a huge loss for LSU. So I know they're definitely excited to have her back for the Natties.
0: Wow. They're going to bring the big guns. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's jump to the, the number two flight, which I forgot to mention the criteria for the top flight award is these pairs had to play at least 15 duels together and have a 75% or better winning record. So that is what qualified them to be in this. So as you get higher, you're going to see a le- uh, lesser amount of candidates or teams in there because the other ones I've only listed the top four. We're down to like the final just the four in the number two pairs flight or in the number two flight. So TCU uh, Olivia Blackburn and Halle Brockett, uh, twenty six and five. Kira Rutz and Tori Van Winden of Florida State, twenty five and two. Devney Berry Lindsay Sparks of UCLA, thirteen and three. Addison Hermstead and Samantha Mehiman of Tulane, twelve and four. So. Uh, let's start. I think I let's go to you, Mads, and start this one. I forgot who actually went first last time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got to watch uh, TCU's twos play R twos, like. Twice a couple of weekends ago, and they were so strong. Haley is super uh, scrappy back there, and Olivia's a really big block. Um, and then, of course, Kira and Tori have been just our most dynamic and consistent pair throughout the whole season, constantly winning. We know we can rely on them. Uh, so fantastic pair. I got to see Devin and Lindsay uh, play at UCLA, and I'm just so impressed by how quick Lindsay is on defense, and then also how big of a blocker Devin was. Um, And then I got to see this Tulane team a few times and they're just super fiery and probably Tulane's most consistent team for sure.
0: Yep. Charlie, what you got? Yeah.
2: So I was actually pretty stoked. So Haley Brockett and I actually were partners back in high school. We went to high school together at Point Loma. We were the same graduating class. So I was super stoked to see a fellow pointer up at the top of this flight two list of the ABCA top flight.
0: But a pointer dog, just in case people are wondering. Yes,
2: (laughs) yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Um, No, but I they've been doing incredible things this season. They've been, again, like Mads was saying, one of the most consistent wins that TCU has been able to put up at that flight. Um, And then obviously we've known Kira and Tori, they were an early ABCA pair of the week. They've got some of the best chemistry of any of the pairs that we can see nationwide. And so, I mean, it's incredible. 25 and two as a record at the twos is a really, really great record to have. Um, And then Devin Lindsay, I mean, I thought it was so fun to have this pair brought back together. They do incredible things together and have incredible chemistry. Um, and I think that it was so fun to see them come back after being partners in the youth circuit for so long to kind of see that little bit of a bring back in that partnership and see them do so well this season.
0: Yeah, Oh good calls. You know, the only thing that I'll add is you know, knowing Kira Retz and uh, Tori and Winden, when I saw them in person, their game has elevated to such a higher level than when I saw them last. It doesn't surprise me with the record they had. Um, The only other thing is with Lindsay Sparks, that girl can play at any spot and be a winner. Um, You know, a couple of times this last weekend, she got stuck on the block and actually got blocked um, because they're not switch blocking. She's a defender. But every time that you see her at the two threes and even the fours, this girl knows how to win and she knows how to be aggressive on defense and get it done. So, you know, Lindsay Sparks is is like such an incredible utility player. Great asset for the Bruins and Stein Metzger.
2: Absolutely agree.
0: Okay, this is weird. This is how big it gets in the number one flight. There are one, two, like over ten people listed, and we can easily talk about all of them. And uh, um, I don't know if you guys have your list up, but for our listeners, I'm going to just read the top four. But hopefully, we can mention some of the other people who are listed in that number one flight. Uh, Taryn Cloth and Christian Nuss, no shocker there. at LSU, thirty-two and zero, amazing. Daniela Alvarez and uh, Tania Moreno Mateeva from TC, twenty-six and seven. Lexi Denver, said Simo at UCLA, 29 and 6. Federica Fresca and Roberta Rebiero from FIU at 22 and 6. And I'll stop there, but we don't feel limited to talk about those ones I mentioned. Feel free to jump into the other ones because there are so many in there. So let's start with uh, Charlie on this one.
2: Yeah, so I think the pair of the year that we've been talking about has been Taryn and Kristen. 32 and 0 is an incredible record to have as a pair. They are the only undefeated pair that has stayed undefeated regardless of flight this entire season nationwide that I've seen. And they're really, they just do incredible things. Kristen is the winningest player in collegiate beach volleyball now, and she has earned that title. I think she has over 130 wins to her name now, which is Mm absolutely incredible um, to do in five years. I mean, just ridiculous. Um, Daniela and Tanya were the first AVCA pair of the week and they're a duo of freshmen. Um, and so, I mean, they're doing really, really incredible things for TCU again. And then Lexi and Savi are familiar faces. I've played them quite a few times this season um, and they really, I don't know. I mean, Lexi is so ridiculously dynamic and we've all known that Savvy has been dynamic forever. And I think Something that they do really well is that they bring out that dynamicism. I'm going to struggle on that word, (laughs) (laughs) but they just bring out that like inner just fire in each other and they do incredible things.
0: Yeah. All right. Mads, throw down.
1: That was literally perfectly said. (laughs) I don't have much to add. Uh, Taryn and Kristen blow my mind. A 32-0 record is unheard of in beach volleyball, collegiate beach volleyball. So that is so impressive. Uh, TCU's ones are one of the most fun teams to watch. And I'll say that over and over again. They're so risky and dynamic and they get things up that you wouldn't expect them to ever get up. Um, And then as Charlie said, Lexi and Savvy are just both such powerhouses and so fun to watch because they're just so strong. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, you know, I'm going to add in a couple of mine here, Erica Brock and Mackenzie Morris of FAU. Uh, you know, I've been tracking them at the beginning of the season. They were winning and they were unstoppable. And then something happened and come to find out someone ended up getting, uh, uh, due to COVID protocols, uh, a couple athletes couldn't be there for the season, which made sense as to why they had lost at the time that they did. So unfortunate for that, that particular pairing, but you know, you know that they had some good athletes and they were getting some big wins at that number one spot. The other one I'll mention is Tina Grodina and Sandy Slayer listed number one spot. They were 12 and three, but as we found out at the end of the season, Tina Grodina finished up with uh, Megan Kraft and actually played in two duels in Cancun, actually not duels, two FIVB events in Cancun and then came back. So her win record is probably a lot higher than, or, or would have been a lot higher than it could have been. Uh, And with two different partners. So um, cannot ignore the Latvian Olympic beach representative um, and, you know, just how she makes her partners better. Um, So uh, great, great pairs and teams by all means and all well-deserving. I'm sure, you know, there are others that that had some great season that just missed that 75% mark, which we know that it's a highly competitive sport, especially now with, with the growth and the talent that's being spread amongst all the programs. So anything else to add ladies
1: no that was perfectly said
0: all right yeah <laughs> well let's jump <laughs> to our favorite topic of the year that's always so controversial the polls abca versus the college BB, uh, dot com polls I, i'm not quite sure which i should do first but since we were on abc i'm going to stick with abca but um not a whole lot of movement except for over in the gosh it's seven on We'll say, Um, you have the usual suspects. Technically, um, you know, UCLA 1, USC 2, Florida State 3, LSU 4, LMU 5, and this is where we're going to see some contrast here between the polls. Cal Poly 6, TCU 7, Stanford 8, Arizona 9, and Grand Canyon 10. Um, Let's jump over to the collegebeachbb.com poll, and you can hear the discrepancy, or I'm sorry, the conflict in the polls. Uh, same five, first five, but then you have Stanford at six. You have Cal Poly ooh. at seven, TCU at eight, Cal at nine and 10 is Arizona. Ladies, what are your thoughts on the difference in opinions in the polls there? And we'll start with uh, ooh, Charlie's brave. So I'm going to go ahead and share It's like your mouth is.
2: Um, No, I was going to say that I think that it, I thought it was interesting that there was a little bit of discrepancy just with the fact that NCAA, the selection, had already been out um, when the rankings came out with the College Beach Volleyball Poll following the rank with the NCAA um, selection committee's rankings, Um, and I felt that this followed a bit more suit, Um, maybe I'm biased, (laughs) But we did put up some, I would say that Stanford put up some wins to bring us into that top eight and to bring us above that number eight ranking. And I do find that ranking Cal at number nine was very, very fair as well, because they did um, complete an upset of Arizona in the Pac-12 championship tournament that actually sent them into the semifinals um, against us. And so, and that was a battle at the end there too. Um, so I think that the college beach volleyball poll is a little bit, probably more of the accurate indication at this point, um, just because they're following a little bit more suit with, what the NCAA selection committee. Um, yeah. but still very, very similar on both ends with the ABCA selection as well.
0: Yep. Mads, anything added?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, I agree more with the College Beach Volleyball um, ranking just because it does align with the NCA, and I do think that Stanford, and I'm not just saying that because you're my friend, <laughs> but I do think that Stanford deserved to be higher than uh, Cal Poly and TCU. So I thought that was really cool by College Beach Volleyball.
0: Yep. Well, I'm I'm gonna for full disclosure, I actually talked to uh, Andrew Fuller, head coach of uh, Stanford, uh, before you guys departed this last weekend, and uh, he showed me his breakdown. It's like, wow. And it was the uh, top 15 or top 20 wins. And by far, and he'd broken it down in the spreadsheet. I was like so impressed. He's like, at that point, Stanford had 12 top 15, top 20 wins. And the next closest person maybe had six. So, Mm you know, especially with the win over Cal Poly, you know, people made, uh, you know, said, oh, well, Arizona beat Stanford but they didn't realize that Stanford had beaten Arizona just a few you know days or weeks before or days before so um you know I'm to me uh the big win was was Cal Poly because that is a rock solid program that's coached well with a bunch of solid athletes um so you know I thought the collegebeachbb.com poll was more accurate um but you know regardless of whatever poll you look at you know it comes down to tournaments especially the NCAA College of Beach Championships but What I I wanted to add is this, this year, we had four different teams at the number one spot, including uh, MAD's FSU team. So uh, it's going to be a hotly contested beach at uh, Gulf Shores this uh, coming weekend. So now with that, I think it's a good transition into what is happening this weekend, (laughs) which is where you ladies are at. So, um, you know, let's start off by saying what is the experience like so far, especially if you just got off a bus from COVID testing? Okay, <laughs> you've been chilling for a little bit. So, Charlie, you're the one that's just fresh off a bus from COVID testing.
2: Yes. So we actually, we, I, as you guys know, as everybody knows, we, it, this is our first year making the NCAA tournament. Um, and so this was a very, very interesting day of travel, long day of travel for us, where we actually we just drove from Pensacola, went straight to COVID testing, um, because we're living in the NCAA bubble right now and being tested every other day, um, as all athletes are here. Mm -hmm. Um, but we went straight to testing, um, before picking up our dinner and then we got cleared, got our tests, our negative tests back. And then we came, Back to the hotel to get our dinner, and then now we're finally back and settled. I'll be unpacking after this, but it's been a long day of travel. But we're so excited to be here. It's such nice weather. Like we were, we were coming from a warm weathered Stanford, but it's still kind of cold at night. Versus we're out here and like our short sleeves, and just enjoying the nighttime and just having a great time.
0: All right, Mads, you've been hanging because you're just what three hours away, a drive, a three-hour drive. Mm-hmm
1: yeah it's so nice we uh drove over here this morning we got a practice in and you know we kind of are seeing the other teams practicing it's like that buzz and that energy that NCAA brings is just kind of building the closer we get to it uh so everyone's just super excited as Charlie said we got tested and those who were vaccinated um two weeks ago or like two weeks or more ago didn't have to get tested um it's going to be very strict it's going to be a Definitely a different national championships, but everyone's just so excited to finally get to play again.
0: And they did still not allow fans in, um, if from my understanding. Correct? There wasn't a change. I didn't miss anything.
1: So there's been a
2: slight modification with we're allowed to have um, like a limited fan per team um, situation. So we could we created lists of guests that were allowed per team, but no public fans at all.
0: Gotcha. Well, it's someone. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, with that, I wanted to add, and actually, uh, Charlie alluded to it, but this is, this particular Collegiate Beach Championships has three teams that are there for the first time. Uh, we got TCU, LMU, and the Stanford Cardinal. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. of an 18 field, that is pretty incredible that you see these three teams for the first time. What do you ladies think that this says about the state of Collegiate Beach Volleyball? We'll start with you, Mads.
1: Yeah, I think it just says that it's growing at such a rapid pace and girls are getting so good from a younger age. Um, I just think the sport is really developing at a fast pace and every player is just so elite and advanced now, like so much more than it used to be, in my opinion.
0: Mm -hmm. Charlie, thoughts?
2: Absolutely could not agree more. I think the only thing that I have to add to it is that I think that With a sign like this, I think it's just a call to NCAA for an expansion of the tournament again. (laughs) I mean, we've been talking about it all season, about how an expansion of the bracket might be a better indicator of how deep this level of competition is. And with 156 teams in the NCAA now, with only eight making the NCAA tournament, um, I think that expanding the tournament to even just double the size to a 16-team bracket might be a, a little bit better of an indication of just the depth of beach volleyball and just how talented these rosters and these teams go. I mean, there is competition and good competition all the way through the top 20 rankings.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And my mind jumped to this. We should have a collegiate beach all-stars take on international teams.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> totally.
0: So that'd be like traveling for the you uh, the U's, uh series with the FIVB, I guess. So, um, <laughs> With that, let's go into our pairings. Let's break down our quarter or the, the first round of matches. Uh, number one UCLA versus number eight TCU. What should we ex- expect? I'm not going to ask you ladies to pick a winner. I'm just going to ask you what to expect from these matchups. So we'll start with Charlie on this one.
2: Yeah, I'm expecting a really, really gritty battle at the twos with both teams um, with the pairs of. Um, Haley and Olivia, obviously, but then with the new pair of Leah and Devin, Leah Monkhouse and Devin Newberry, um, mm-hmm. they put up really solid wins for UCLA this weekend that were kind of key in that win over USC for the Pac-12 title. Um, and so I'm really excited to kind of see that really, really gritty battle at the twos. Um, I, I think all flights will be tough, will be tough competition. Um, but I'm excited to kind of see, um, as TCU has top flight pairs in the ones, twos, threes, and UCLA also has teams that are putting up really, really solid win records at the ones, twos, threes as well.
0: Yep. Mads, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching that game. Um, TCU has that super strong one seed and I know that they haven't played UCLA yet. So I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, that competition there at the one seed. And I know that the girl on TCU's fives got hurt. So I'll be interested to see if they made any changes from what they did in conference um, and just see how those flights end up with uh, the starter getting hurt.
0: Well, you definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is all five courts are going at the same time at Gulf Shorts. That's yes. going to be crazy. I I've been in a pattern of doing one, three, five, two, four, you know, exhibition, or vice versa. Like this weekend at the Pac 12s. It was. Two, four. The one started at the second technical timeout, and then after first match, that concluded or first, uh, yeah, match concluded. Then the threes would come on, then the fives would come on. So you know, the staggered start versus everyone going at the same time—that is going to be crazy, pedal to metal action
1: all week. It—it's so exciting. I think it's what makes NCAs that high of energy, just because there's so much going on, and there's like comebacks happening on one court, and then it—it's just a freaking blast, and it makes you want to have a heart attack every single time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if, it, with that kind of atmosphere, it makes it to a point where every single pair matters at that time. Yeah. Because you know, everyone, the gun's gone off and everyone's going for that same win at the same time. So, you know, no pressure, <laughs> not for the faint of exactly. heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Charlie, anything to add on that? Uh, uh, anything else to add on that matchup or uh, Matt? I
2: think. Nope?
0: Okay, I thought you had something else to add. I thought I saw you like the...
2: Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I was just, I am I think my mouth was open, just kind of in a maze. I mean, we're all just so excited to be here and I'm so excited to experience it all. <laughs>
0: well, let's jump to our next matchup, matchup in the upper bracket. That's LMU, Loyola Marymount University versus LSU. The uh, finished number one last year in the COVID season. Thoughts on that matchup? We'll start with you, Mads, being that that's uh, your fellow CCSA.
1: Totally. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong. LMU and LSU have not played yet. Correct. I think that's correct. Okay. Okay. So I view them as kind of similar talent wise. I mean, one through fives are all super strong and I kind of see them at the same level. So that could be a toss up either way. I'm super excited about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie.
2: I was just going to say I think it's a toss up as well. I think that LMU has been doing incredible things and so has LSU. I'm really excited to watch that duel because I think that those were two really accurate four and five seeds in this tournament and I think that it's going to rightfully be a total battle between the two pairs or yeah. the two uh teams.
0: Yeah, you know, I just if it weren't for LSU's number one pair of Cloth and Nuss, you know, Raika Orsi tothan and I forgot her partner's name, but I mean, if if let's perchance anyone were able to beat N- Nuss and Cloth, that would be the key to beating LSU, but mm-hmm. you know, obviously we see by their undefeated record that's near impossible at this point. So um, if, if uh, the number one pairs of LSU stay strong, it's gonna be a, a, a tough go for anyone going against them. So, oh, for sure. I mean, FSU has beaten them Is that a total three times this year. Two times? Yes. and and that's because the other pairs have won not necessarily beating number one
1: (laughs) yeah exactly we just have a super strong all the way down (laughs) yep
0: um so uh charlie anything to add on that that matchup representing the west coast
2: (laughs) i think that's it i think we covered it all i'm just i mean again that's going to be a matchup that's really really heated that's gonna i think that's gonna potentially even come down to a final court like gonna be Mm -hmm an intense one for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm going I'm to skip the next matchup in the bottom bracket because I'm going to save it for last, but the uh, one on the bottom of the bottom bracket is uh, the number seven seed Cal Poly versus USC. And they had just seen each other two weekends ago at the Center of Effort Challenge, which is hosted at Cal Poly's beach facility. Um, we'll start with you, Charlie, and this one on your uh, breakdown of that matchup.
2: Yeah. So these are two West Coast teams that have seen each other before with USC coming out on top every single time. But I did see that Cal Poly was really, really putting some pressure on USC the last time that they matched up. Um, I know that Macy Gordon and Emily Sunny have been doing really incredible things at the ones pair and Amy Uzi and Jalen Lombard have been doing, have been really putting up a consistent wins at the twos as well. Um, And so I think that it's going to be Cal Poly's going to come out gritty and they're going to come out fighting for this win. Um, but it'll definitely be USC's a hard team to beat. And so it'll be interesting.
0: Yep. Matts. anything to add?
1: Yeah, I agree. It's hard to beat a team so many times in a row. So it will be interesting to see if Cal Poly comes out with a type of new energy that we haven't seen before against USC. And there's a possibility of an upset there, which I know everyone would love to see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we all live for the upsets.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we do.
0: you know, Cal Poly is one of the only teams I haven't seen this year, but I know just from the coaching style of coach Rogers, um, not that that it's better than uh, coach Blanton says, but you know that he's got something up his sleeve and he's getting the motivation out of his girls. So I expect nothing less than an an epic battle, even though it's a two seven scene when technically one should be an obvious favorite, but you know, anything goes in this tournament, especially given the, the championship nature and the atmosphere and, you know, teams can little nervous, you know, they may not have their stuff that day. Um, you know, it's all about the grind. So uh, that'll be a fun one to watch, no doubt. So here, I got to save this one for last because it is both of your teams are gonna be facing off against each other. Number <laughs> three seed Florida State against the number six seed Stanford. Um, I don't want to put you ladies on the spot, but I just want to ask like, what should we expect from your teams as you go into this weekend? And we'll start with you, Charlie. (laughs)
2: That's
0: the lower seed.
2: (laughs) Put me on the spot. All right. (laughs) I mean, I think that Mads and I were both saying that when we found out that we were matching up against each other at the first round, that we both started cracking up. That we were kind of, I mean, I know that we're super excited because we've never played Florida State before. And so this is a really fresh look for both teams. And I'm really excited for what we're getting ready to do. I know that we're going to be fighting all the way through.
0: <laughs> all right, Matts, throw it down.
1: Yeah, it's always so much fun to play a team for the first time. Um, and then also they have our coach, Angela Rock, or our past coach, their new coach, uh, Angela Rock, who's amazing. So I'm sure she's going to have a lot of good strategy tips for you guys to beat us. Um, but <laughs> I'm really, really excited. We're coming in just super calm, cool, and collected. And hopefully we get the job done, but it's always just so much fun. Uh, seeing Charlie out there, and I'm really excited for our team. You're
0: saying Angela Rock has the playbook, and she's like, here, Andrew,
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, you know, it's this is a thing. Even if, obviously, when your team loses, uh, when your teams lose, and then you drop down the contender's bracket, I'm actually looking forward to that contender bracket play, because it is going to be even more intense, because that's even a a hotter fire on people's seats, and they're going to be, up in their level of play even more. So it's either, you know, win or go home. <laughs> so, Oh
1: yeah. There's a, there's a new level of intensity after you lose one and you know, you only have one more loss or you're out of the tournament. So those, those games are always super, super intense.
0: Yep. Well, I'm hoping that uh, you know, this matchup here will, uh, I'll get a chance to uh, see all the courts in play. I mean, I'm, I'm I know this whole weekend is going to be exciting and uh, I would love to see each all of it come down to that fifth court. And I mean, just the intensity of being there, particularly in Collegiate Beach, it's just one like no other. If you're actually at a at one of these duels and you're seeing teams and it come down to a third set tie break in the fifth set with an extended deuce set in the third, how exciting is that?
1: It is, it's so scary and exciting all at the same time. There's just so many emotions that get packed into that one moment, but that's, that's why we play the sport is for those feelings.
0: Yep. Charlie, anything else to add?
1: Yeah. I mean, Matt's hit the nail on the head. It's what we live for. It's
2: what we play for. It's the reason why we love it so much. And so I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to all that's, go, that's going to come here. Yeah.
0: Well, ladies, I shouldn't keep you much later because it is late your time, CST. But I am looking forward to seeing your teams in action this weekend. And uh I'm looking forward to our discussion next week. And I know both of you be striving for the hardware and uh mm-hmm. wearing that hat, Natty Champions. So uh um make the big things happen. Good luck in your matches. And you know, for that's Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford University, Matt Fitzpatrick of Florida State, who face each other in the first round, but I'm got this feeling they may see each other a second time so uh (laughs) this weekend (laughs) but uh ladies thank you again for coming on to college volleyball weekly in our special ncaa collegiate beach championship edition you know feel free to you know up your social media ante if you want and i'll tag you and get it spread out and you can uh, pump your program so yeah
1: yeah thank you so much
0: hey y'all thanks for listening to today's episode of the viral volley podcast podcast be sure to follow rob at Rob on the Mic on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Or at robonthemic.com. Check you next time.